Welcome to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Amy Debrick, and I'm so glad you're here. As you know, purpose gives you confidence, confidence that you know what you're doing and why you're doing it, even if you haven't figured out how to do it yet. Purpose provides certainty that what you're doing does matter. And when you act with purpose, you project strength, authority, and authenticity. Because of that, I am so excited to share season four with you and all the tools, resources, and shared wisdom that will help you build and keep the confidence and self-esteem you need to be brave and also to live the life God has for you. Being confident about our purpose helps us stay in our lane and eliminates comparisons. Now, if you are looking for some one-on-one coaching to help break down self-doubt and rebuild your self-esteem, be sure to schedule a free discovery call with me today. You can access that link on my website at amydebrick.com. But for now, let's get started. Welcome everyone to the Life on Purpose podcast. I am so excited to have you with me today. I'm also thrilled to have author Sierra Lane Myers joining me this morning. We're going to be talking about her book, Glasses Off. I can't wait to dive deep into this, but first, welcome Sierra. I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks for having me, Amy. I appreciate it. Well, before we totally get digging this book apart, which I just think is going to be such a great conversation. Can you just give the listeners a little bit of background information about who you are and really what inspired you to become an author, really, and share this message? Sure. So I am a follower of Christ and my husband and I, we have a little counseling practice in our area. I'm not a counselor. He's a counselor and he was working 60 hours a week, sometimes 70 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And I told him, you know, this is crazy. First of all, like I never see you and it's hard with just the girls. We've I've got a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old and um and so I found a space, hired different therapists and we run group counseling practice together. So we get to help people help people, which is really nice. And then um, I'm writing my second book. I'm marketing this first book, baby. And oh, yes, I also have a fluffy dog sitting behind me. Can you see? She's <laughs> on the floor over there. And I guess that pretty much sums it up. I love that. Um, I think that's hilarious. There's always a, a dog at, at the foot of every person that I'm interviewing or myself. Normally... Sierra, mine will just randomly throw a bark in there, you know, and I'm asking like a really important question or point that I'd like to get across. And the timing is just impeccable every every single time. Maybe your dog just has something really spiritual to contribute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm wondering now if she's feeling like she's hearing her calling. So (laughs) she's helping. She's helping me to hear her calling by getting it out there. Um, well, let's talk about glasses off. This is your first book. And so I'm going to be really thrilled to, I don't know, is your second book a follow-up to glasses off or is it just something entirely different? Something totally different in a different genre. So it'll be really fun. Okay, great. I love that. Well, we'll talk about that when that book releases, but today we're going to focus on glasses off. I want you to just talk about you and I talked just a little bit before we hit record here but share with the listeners just a a summation of Glasses Off and really what inspired you to write this book. The Lord really put the title on my heart, which is sort of a unique situation. Um, 
I actually was afraid of being an author. I was, I was always like under the assumption I could never do that. I would, I would not know what to say. I'm not old enough. I just kind of um, canceled myself out of that. And the Lord just really asked me to stop this digital work I was doing. So on the side, I was running a blog and I was doing some licensing work for brands, things that were not on my social, but I would get paid to do theirs. And then I just felt like the Lord told me to stop. And I ignored that for about a year because I thought it doesn't really make sense. I'm doing honorable work that aligns with my gifts. And, um, and so, but that, that never really left me that tension. And so I finally just said, okay, I think this is from the Lord. I think he's telling me to stop. I don't think this is my thought. And so I quit cold Turkey. And I'm sure as someone in this space, you know, when you stop it's, it's over because you have no momentum and you have your audiences gone and agencies were no longer paying me. And it was just kind of over for real. And, um, after about a a year of kind of angry praying at the Lord, like, why did you have me build it? And then why did you have me get rid of it? What are you trying to do? He really just impressed that title on my heart out of nowhere, um, in, inside of, you know, just an impression. It wasn't audible. And, he said, glasses off, how to see God when your vision is blurred. And we've since changed it. That was the working title, but I was not an author at the time. So I thought he wanted me to buy the book on Amazon. (laughs) So I went to my computer and I was like, okay. And I typed in the title and everything that came up was related to optometry. And so I thought, oh no, the Lord is going to take my physical eyesight away. My vision is going to be blurred. And he needs me to buy a book to research about eyesight. And so I just totally catastrophized the whole thing. And (laughs) I'm like, how am I going to tell the girls mommy's going blind? And I'm like trying to anyway. And so thankfully the Lord came through and was like, no, sweet child, I just need you to write a book. Like, it's not that serious. I'm not going to take your eyesight away. I need you to write a book with this title. So I really obeyed and I... I went upstairs into our girl's playroom and from the playroom, you can kind of see the neighborhood. And I grabbed my laptop and I started to write like how I thought an author should sound. And so I was like (laughs) peering through the fog of the window, second floor, you know, and, and then I just was like, no, I need to just write what I'm going through. And so what I was going through was I've thrown away one of my businesses I'm really stuck. I have tension and I feel like Lord wants me to do this thing in this new industry. I have no credentials. All I really have is faith. And how am I going to live that out? So it was, yeah, I guess it's for two types of people. One is if you're listening and you don't even feel special enough to look for a calling in the first place. And then the other person who it's for is you feel like you have something to offer. You know, you're not lazy you know, the Lord is calling you to something, but you need like a a blueprint of how to do it. Right. Yeah. No, I think you're, I I think you're so right. We have this conversation all the time. Um, It's women I have in this mastermind group. I think that is 
one of the biggest challenges, even when you, like you said, you were in a position in a season where everything was clicking, right? You, you know, you were successful, you had the accolades that you needed, you had income coming in, you had all the things, and then the shift happens. And so I think that's the hard part. And I would love, this is where I would love the conversation around this book. The idea of with glasses off is it really forces you two things that stood out to me in the book is one is to trust. And that's so scary. And so when I was kind of laughing, not laughing in a malicious way, but laughing when you were saying how you had um, just made the whole thing was like, oh, I'm losing my vision. And now, I mean, because that's what we do. We immediately start, begin the minute that transition starts to happen and things start to feel uncomfortable. And now we're uncertain. We form this whole whatever, and we take God right out of the equation by pausing and reflecting and really continuing to listen to him. So you listen to him initially, which is so interesting, right? And you went to the laptop and you searched this title, but then the minute it comes up and it's something that doesn't relate to anything you've done before, then we start putting our interpretation on what that should be and probably is and all of that. And we don't let God complete that thought for us. So I love the idea of the um, figurative and literal thing of taking the glasses off and really counting on God's eyes to be the vision for us. And that's such a hard practice to do. So I really would love for you to share with the listeners just and from a practical standpoint, what is the beginning step other than what I kind of just like briefly just talked about, but what would you say would be a great beginning step for someone who's kind of in that same position where you were, where you, you feel like you're here a new calling, there is a change to be made, but before you spiral it into something that it's not, or put your thoughts on it that may skew of what it actually is going to be, how should they sit in that to really hear and complete God's thought? I know it sounds impractical, but I think the thing I would really say would be have a daily date with God. So I had this thought where I was like, okay, I had a little bit more time, not really because we're, you know, but I had a little bit more time and I thought I've always heard people talking about how when they get close with the Lord, I don't know, they just hear his voice better. And there's so many scriptures that back that up, but I had never done it for myself. And if, and when I did read it for my, when I read the Bible for myself, I was reading so that I could have like a warm fuzzy moment, like with my coffee and my blanket. And I never really read the Bible to learn God's traits and like with all the context of history and that it really, really wasn't about me at all. And so once I started to establish, I call it my DDG, my daily date with God. Um, I don't really talk about it in depth in the book, but I, I refer to it a couple of times, but I basically gave myself or I allowed God's grace to come inside of that exercise. And I basically just committed to 60 days. And I said, for 60 days in a row, I'm going to have a date with the Lord and it's going to look different every day. And sometimes it is, you know, lighting a candle and having a tea and 30 minutes or an hour of studying. And sometimes it's going on a walk with leaving my phone at home and really noticing the acorn and, or something in detail. And, um, after those 60 days, it really just became a habit in my life. 
And I started to read the Bible to discover who God is instead of trying to grasp his will for my life, which was so ironic because the closer I got to him, the more he revealed things to me. And so I would say the first thing you can the first thing you can do practically is to meet with the Lord for yourself and give yourself that grace, but commit to doing it at least five minutes a day or um, for 60 days, and then it'll be a habit. And then he'll be able to, you'll be able to recognize his voice when it's him, which is really special. Mm-hmm. And because the Lord says in First Thessalonians 5, my will is rejoice always pray continuously give thanks in all circumstances that is the will of god so it's like okay it's just so freeing sure so that's a good place to start yeah i love that and you know what's so interesting about that even that idea of that is just like if you were with uh, a close family member or friend the more you're spending time right the more you're getting to know them the more you're going to trust them and you're going to be able to have things revealed. You know, that's how friendships and in good relationships are. It's like, oh gosh, I didn't really, I never really heard that before from them, even though they may have said it a thousand times, but the more you're investing in being intentional about that. And the same is true, I think, with our relationship with Christ and also the way we pursue it, because the Bible in itself can be overwhelming when you, when people are like, oh gosh, like, if I go through like, you know, and you do it once or twice, you can see sometimes a discouragement if they quickly want that answer or quickly want that vision, but that's not the way it works. And I think the more we can kind of take a step back and ease in, and I love your approach because to me, the 60 day commitment is less about some rigid format and more about just the intentional time of, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to just keep showing up. And you allowed in that showing up mode, whatever that looked like, like you said, it wasn't all the same. Sometimes it's probably 15 minutes, whatever that, whatever it is, but you consistently, you made that commitment to show up. And so within that, the connection, the personal relationship and the revealing, I think just naturally came through. And I think a lot of times we overlook that. We think if if we read something and it doesn't immediately speak to us we didn't read the right thing or, um, but I think it's the consistency. And so I kind of love how you just said that, because again, I, I think a lot of times people get hung up in scripture because it can be really challenging, especially if you're a new Christian and even for seasoned Christians, you know, it's a lot, you know, the Bible is a lot, but the showing up consistently, I think like, I I just, when you said that, I kept thinking, gosh, that's just like any person that we want to invest our time with. We learn more about them. We we become a little bit more engaged. We we start gleaning from what they what their words are, and so it just seems like a natural progression. So I think that that's great. The other thing I wanted to ask you about before we wrap up is the purpose calling vision diagram. I think that this is a a really helpful tool for people who kind of just need that practical like you know, I'm a list maker, but just to, to write things down, to have something in front of them, how can people take advantage of that? And what's a great way to, to utilize it? Yeah. Those are some pretty lofty concepts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about purpose, calling and vision, but 
if you buy the book, it's in chapter two. There's a lot of text that can help the diagram make sense. But basically, I had I had spent that year and a half, well, my whole life, to be honest. I never really had my thing. Every, you know, my husband knew he was going to be a counselor from 17. My parents um didn't really have that same tension I did. And when I asked my friends, they were kind of like, no, I'm good. Like, you know, I'm working in ministry or I'm a teacher or whatever. And I just kind of felt like alone in it. And it made me feel kind of childish, to be honest. But I knew that I wasn't because evidence of my real life was like, okay, I'm I'm an adult. I'm a responsible functioning person. Why do I have such a conviction? Um, and I think it's because the Lord was preparing me for all of this. So I asked him, that's another practical thing. You can pray for a specific vision. You can pray, God, make this so obvious for me. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I prayed, I said, help me understand what these things really mean and how I'm supposed to move forward. And so he just gave me a very elementary triangle. And he said at the top, write the word God. And at the bottom point, write the word Jesus. And on the other bottom point, write the word Holy Spirit. And he just said, I am the one in control of all eternity, time, space, and matter. And only from me do these other things exist, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Only out of me do they flow. And I thought, okay, like the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. But then he he said, now draw a second triangle. And at the top, write the word purpose. And on the bottom corner, write the word calling. And on the other point, write the word vision. And he said, it's a parallel, much like everything from me flows. The word purpose here for you, I can't speak for anyone else, but what he gave me was the word purpose here refers to your day-to-day mission on earth. And out of me, this mission is daily communion with me, sharing about me, loving me, learning me. Only from me will your callings and visions be revealed in your life. And only then will they have meaning and will they exist essentially. So then I drew a third triangle and I wrote why at the top and where at the bottom point and how. So if purpose is the reason why we are in this game of life, which is meeting with the Lord daily, then the calling, he just laid on me that it doesn't necessarily mean a career, which was so freeing for me because I'd always thought calling was like industry-based and I wasn't called to this specific industry in life. And I felt, um, it just felt convoluted, but he was like, no, calling is just the space on earth where you live out the greater purpose. It's the where to your why. So where on earth can you live out my love, the why? And then, so that's more vague. So for me, my calling is creating and I had to do introspection. I had to make charts I talk about in the book, but, um, and then the how the last part of the third diagram (laughs) is sort of the playbook. So it's more specifically the things given from the Lord, how 
we can go about our calling inside of the purpose. So for mine, it would be this last book, Glasses Off, was a specific how vision inside of my calling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. I think it's great. I, I always like seeing the fresh perspectives too behind what the process is and how how God does speak to people differently. Because I think a lot of times it opens the doors for for people who are looking to hear from God to receive it in ways they maybe weren't expecting to hear from God. So when I'm hearing you say that, I'm thinking, you know, who knows if if something if thoughts like that have come to me or other people before, and then you just disregard it thinking that's something other than what it is. And so I think it's really important sometimes that, again, I think it goes back to the time and intention of showing up and and hearing and having these things like this, like this triangle or the, the triangles revealed. And so even though that was your story, like you're saying, somebody else's might look different, but it's the, it's the idea of being available to receive it. And I think that's kind of the most important lesson here. Before we wrap up, I just really quickly, I think a lot of times women, especially get caught up between the dreamer and visionary. Am I just a dreamer here? Or is this a vision for me? So really uh, just, if you can explain what the difference is and why it's important to make sure that our dreams become tangible things. So that concept was born from a conversation I had with a friend of mine And we were stereotypically on the back of a truck tailgate overlooking some water. And I was crying to her. And I just said, I feel like the Lord wants me to do this thing. And I am too afraid to do it. But I also don't want to be somebody who has a dream and then never does anything about it. And she just looked me square in the eyes and said, you're both you're a dreamer and a doer. And I thought, okay, what does that mean? And so I went after our trip, I went home and I, um, I wrote this whole chapter immediately. I think it's chapter five. And basically what I figured out was if I kept something inside of my, myself as a little secret dream, it was actually kind of selfish because no one on the other side in the real world could benefit from it. But if I moved through all my, you know, awkward tendencies, or if I just humbled myself a little bit and tried and I moved through the dreaming and I turned it into something tangible, which by definition, vision means a manifestation of something immaterial to the material, then other real life people could benefit from what was once just my little idea. And so that was kind of the whole, she kind of sparked it. And then I kind of, I, I used scripture. I tried to back it up and, um, I think it's just a good, I think it's a good way to just say, Hey, it doesn't have to be either or because the Lord totally speaks to people in dreams. Like he gave me that one dream in chapter seven of my, you know, my miscarriage, my son. And so he totally speaks to people in dreams. That's in the Bible all the time. But I also think that it's our part then to take that dream and actually make it concrete too. I love that so much because I think there's so much value in not only following our dreams or making them, you know, creating something from them, but also the obedience of, 
you know, having God spoken that dream into you, but also just how you can change somebody else's maybe trajectory by sharing that dream. And I think a lot of times we do feel it's our insecurities, you know, I mean, as a confidence coach, there's so many things that we cancel ourselves out. Like you used that term earlier, um, because we're just insecure and we're uncertain and we're just afraid of rejection and all of those things. But my thing always is, and especially when I'm coaching women, but even for myself is that it always has to go back to the one. And so who is that one woman who needed to read this book? Who is the one woman who also needed to know that it is okay to follow this dream or to pursue these dreams or to whatever it is, but we do get hung up sometimes thinking selfishly, like, well, out of our own pride, for me, it was always a pride thing, right? I don't want to share this because it might look foolish to somebody or what if, what if it doesn't um, turn into something something that some of the world views as significant enough or whatever the case is, you know, because everything is success is defined so differently in the world than it is in God's economy and perspective. And so we hold back, but really if we were brave enough to share that dream, like you said, it it does, it it is such a beautiful concept. Even if you don't see who those people are or the one person that it may have actually helped them with their dream. So I really appreciate that because I, I know what that's like. And I, I try to incorporate that as well, but it is definitely something you have to be mindful of to have the courage to do it. So I think that that's a great thing that you, you talk about. Thank you. And a practical thing, if you have lots of dreams, which I did is you can write them all down on a sheet of paper and they may be your own ideas or they may be from the Lord or just random thoughts, but I like to always write things down and then just out in the margins, put one number from one to 10, one being the least amount of urgency you feel towards actually executing on that thing. And then 10, like, okay, if I knew I only had a couple years left, this is the thing I would do. This is the goal I would pursue. Mm. I think if that aligns with scripture, and it never really leaves your spirit. Right. I honestly think you can you can commit to that because in Proverbs it says commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plan. So like even if you're off, he will make it happen. So right. Well, Sierra, thank you so much. I feel like we could talk about this topic all day because it's such a um, prominent thing I think that women are feeling in everyday life, but you know, you don't have to be an author or a speaker. It doesn't really matter what your vocation is or anything like that. I think it's just something that uh, women in general need some guidance on. And so I think this book is a wonderful resource. So thank you so much for writing it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, friend, that's it for me today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, please consider rating, reviewing, or subscribing to the Life on Purpose podcast so I can continue spreading encouragement and confidence. And if you haven't already, I would love if you would grab a copy of our book, Embolden. Embolden is an encouragement journal that I co-wrote with my oldest daughter, and its purpose is to meet women where they are today, but to not leave them there. So until next time, keep living your life on purpose, and God bless. 